Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor at Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church, interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church. This week, we have two services on Sunday, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. We offer Japanese and Korean translation during the 10.45 a.m. service, and that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, we continue our series, 10 Foolish Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives, this time in Exodus 2014, Ignoring Sensual Warning Signs. Let's begin today's harvest time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. You know, we've been work, uh, going in this series now throughout the fall, and uh, we're coming up on the seventh commandment. Uh, we, we mentioned last week that uh, we're going to do one more of these commandments in December. I know we're kind of starting into the Christmas season, but that's going to help us in our timing. We're going to go one more of these commandments, and then we'll take a little break for a couple of weeks of Christmas, you know, sort of themed messages, and then we'll come back to this. It is a serious topic. The Seventh Commandment, we've titled this Ignoring Sensual Warning Signs. And, you know, it brings some solemnity to the conversation. I kind of see it as, uh, you know, you know, when you're driving down the highway and you come up to an intersection and you see a yellow light, some people, you know, say that means uh, go faster, get through it. Other people see, I think, what the warning light is, which is slow down, consider, think carefully, you know, before you enter um, this intersection. Well, the Ten Commandments really are very significant in that way, and this one in particular. And uh, so we're going to come to this Seventh Commandment. We're going to talk about it in light of the Scriptures, hopefully some clear teaching that will help you in your life to avoid a lot of pain uh, in the future. And so... Uh, I hope that you'll come and you'll open up your hearts to what the Word has to say as we study it together here at Harvest. You are always welcome, and we know that you'd feel right at home when you come. Well, today we actually have the chance to talk about the Christmas season because we're coming up to a celebration that Harvest has had now for a few years. We call it Festival of Lights. And to talk about that with me today, we've got uh, two people that are pretty vital to what's going on with uh with the Festival of Lights. One is uh, Jared Ball, uh, and the other is Kelly Noopson. Both of them are involved, uh, you know, with uh, our uh, event this year. So first of all, I want to welcome you guys to Harvest Time. Thank you, Pastor. Good to be here. Thanks for coming, and uh, thank you for your your ministry and your service in regard to this. Jared is uh, the Director of Communications. That's his role here at Harvest. Um, Kelly has been here for uh, seven years. Seven years. Yeah, teaches in the academy, in the English department, the high school English department. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they both have a, a very different but uh, connecting role together. Um, uh, Kelly is leading the drama. We're going to come back to that in a minute. She actually wrote the drama that we're going to be doing, putting it all together. It's going to be fantastic. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And then Jared's responsibilities for uh, kind of the first year is to oversee the organization of Festival of Light. So we put a lot of things on his plate. Um, So both of you, you know, are very much involved and I want to just get you a chance or get a chance to ask you some questions and find out what's in store and really to invite our community, our island to come along. So 
Jared, maybe we can start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about Festival of Lights. Where did it come from? How long we've been doing this? What's it mean? Oh yeah, well this year is our 14th annual Festival of Lights. So we've been doing this since 2009, if I've done my math right. It was started back in the day for really what the title says, a festival of lights where we would put up many, many lights around campus to kind of deck it out for families all around Guam to come and kick off their Christmas season here on our campus. And over the years, it's kind of, it's morphed into what it is now, which is essentially broken up into three different parts. We've got the drama in the auditorium and then a Christmas message to really center people around what is this season all about. We've got a living Bethlehem where you can come and see what Bethlehem was like back during the time where Christ would have been born. And also we've got a festival part of campus where we've really got it broken down to food trucks. We've got the hub open for drinks. We've got children's games down on the lower portion of campus where you can get the whole family involved. This year we've incorporated some ornament decorating and then another game we've added on the lower portion of campus. So it's really become something that if you miss kicking off the Christmas season with Festival of Lights, I mean, this is the spot to start your Christmas season here on campus with us. It really is something from the beginning that was designed in that way, and it does uh, sort of kick off the Christmas season on island. It, there's some other things that are happening along uh, now, but for a lot of people, it's become a tradition. They're going to show up on campus, um, uh, be able to enjoy all of the events. Tell us a little bit about the games and the food truck. Let me ask you about that stuff first. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, I believe this year, we've got seven different food trucks from around, from around island that are going to be coming and setting up shop in our uh, upper campus, uh, our car line area. So many of the school families and church families and people from around island are familiar with this area. And we allow them to come onto campus. It's actually a great opportunity for us to build some relationship with some of our local businesses, which they give to us all throughout during the year. They We are able to eat on island some amazing food. Why not bring it onto campus and have it for the families that are going to be visiting? And uh, we've also got some games set up on the lower portion of campus where Typically on island, you don't get a snowball fight right. during the Christmas often. season. Yeah. <laughs> so what we've done is we've facilitated a, a snowball fight for the kids to be able to have some fun down there. This year, we've got something called the snow drift, which is we've got some drifting trikes that we're setting up a little race course for. So if you want to race your parents on a slick track, you <laughs> can come out and uh, have fun with that. But really, I think that it's a, it's a comprehensive way for the whole family to have some good old-fashioned Christmas fun. It's going to be a great time, and we would invite you to bring your family, invite the neighbors, um, have everybody that would, uh, you know, invite people to come along with you. It's really going to be a great time. Kelly, let me let me go to you. Let's talk next about the the drama that's going to happen in the auditorium. Sure. Um, we've done this for a few years. You've written a couple of these plays, these dramas. Tell us about this one. What's the theme? What's the story? Sure. So the theme of this story is the Lamb of God. And it focuses on how Jesus is the Lamb of God and what the whole sacrificial system meant to Jewish the Jewish community and Jewish families at that time from the perspective of a couple of shepherds, particularly a father and his son. And it's his son's first time going out into the fields with his father. And the son is unsure because his friends have been making fun of him for being a shepherd and that kind of a dirty type of job that that really is at the time. Mm -hmm. 
And so when the son goes out with his father, he does not want to go. But his father starts to tell him why this is so important and how God has commanded at the time for the sacrificial system as a foretelling of the Messiah's coming. And so as they're having this discussion, a couple other shepherds join them. There's some hijinks that go on Mm -hmm. that are entertaining. But in the end, of course, the angels appear and tell them that the Messiah has arrived in Bethlehem and they need to go and find him. And they race off and find Mary and Joseph and the baby in a stable and they fall down and worship the Lamb of God, the Messiah, who has come to save his people. So that's the theme of the story is how Christ is the Lamb of God and the end to the sacrificial system. I maybe should have asked about Bethlehem first. We'll come back to that in a minute. But I really love that picture because, you know, our families that are here will have the opportunity to walk through this living Bethlehem. And we've got, you know, characters uh, in, you know, in costume. We've got some animals. We've got some of the stalls and other things that would be part of uh, of that living Bethlehem. And then we go from that really to the manger. I mean, that's sort of the idea from walking the streets that would have been there in the first century. Then we have the chance to enter in and see what mm-hmm. this whole season um, is about. And that's a really powerful, I guess, conclusion to kind of a fun evening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's super important that people understand that this whole this whole community, the whole Jewish community of the time period is so focused around that, that again, that sacrificial system, that idea and how we are as human beings sinners and we need something to come in and take that penalty for our sin and how uh, Christ comes and takes that for us. And even as an infant in the stable, that's not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. The story really goes on to the cross and then his resurrection and how we can have that forgiveness through him. And that's really what I want this whole story and all of the Bethlehem thing to point to this Uh, the truth of the gospel. How many people are involved in the drama part of it? Sure, we have seven characters in the place. We got seven of some of our staff members and some of our church members uh, participating in putting this, bringing this drama to life. I've felt the last few years that we've done this, um, it it really does seem like such a uh, powerful story and and actually sort of the, the process of being here on campus we, we want the people to come to have a great time, and uh, we want kids to enjoy all the things that you talked about, Jared, down on the lower campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then to have this opportunity you know, to kind of move our thoughts from um, this Christmas joyous celebration season to, to the you know, old little town of Bethlehem and to kind of put us back in that sense and then to to walk into the auditorium where everything really does come to the manger and then ultimately, as you Mm -hmm. said, Kelly, to the cross. But I think it's such an important reminder for our children, but not just our children, for um, adults as well, to set the stage for the Christmas season. You know, Mm -hmm. it fills up with with, uh, toys and presents and parties and family and all those things are awesome you know we will celebrate all those things together but to be able to begin the year saying to our families um, hey this is what it's about it really is about the birth of Jesus the Messiah the one who came to be the Lamb of the world yeah the campus is very intentionally set up so that people can 
they can enjoy all of the festivities. Yeah. So it's festival of lights. We've got all the fun elements. We want people to be able to take home ornaments. We want people to be able to take home some food left over from the food trucks. We want them to take home memories for sure. But we want them to take home the the purpose of Christmas, the meaning of Christmas in their hearts, which happens in the auditorium. So we've really specifically structured the campus so that people can enjoy the Christmas season and all of its fun, but mainly land finally on the the whole reason why we celebrate Christmas to begin with, which if you go into the Living Bethlehem, you'll see that even the Living Bethlehem is structured to prep you to go into the uh, into the drama that's happening inside in the auditorium, where hopefully people get to see and connect those dots. And that's why Kelly's worked so diligently on piecing this story together and structuring it so that the message is very clear, and people can come away with all the Christmas fun, but they come away more importantly with the understanding of what this Christmas season is about. That's how you kick off Christmas the right way, is understanding why do we celebrate it, celebrate this to begin with. We're really talking about this, but maybe I can ask in a little bit more pointed, specific way. Um, why do we do this? Maybe I'll ask it to both of you. I mean there's a lot of effort and energy and time <laughs> and a lot going into um, you know this weekend right why all the energy well we ask ourselves this at the beginning of the planning for festival of lights mm -hmm. which uh, depending on how you weigh it it either starts in January <laughs> or de December 4th um, or it starts around September is when we really start putting pen to paper prepping festival of lights for the island and the, the reasons why we do this come, come down to, one, we want to provide something valuable to our island. We want to bring the community in and provide something of value to them. And we also want to introduce people to Harvest and say, hey, we're here for you guys. We're not just here during Christmas. We're here for you all year round. That's what the church is here for. And this local church is instituted so that we can minister to our island. But what do we minister? We minister the gospel of Christ. And that's ultimately the three reasons for why we do Festival of Lights. Uh, we want to share the gospel with people. We want to show them that we love them and we're here for them. And we want to provide something for them during the Christmas season that will carry on through their lives. Kelly, as you think about the drama part of it, all those actors that are um, you know, kind of being part of it, what, what do you tell them as you sort of lead this? Why are we doing this? I think drama particularly is an excellent way to bring the stories of the Bible to life and to show people that the people involved in Scripture, especially for um, ch regular churchgoers Christians, the people involved in Scripture were not some magical beings or um, people who God in you know God only picks these special people, but they were regular, mm -hmm. ordinary people with regular, ordinary, everyday problems. And it's through their weakness that we get to see God's strength and God's power. And I think drama does a really excellent job of demonstrating that to people and showing them that. Um, it also is a good way to show scripture to maybe those who aren't as familiar with it. Mm -hmm. It's a good entry point as a way to say, here, here are some of the, the true histories of the world. And this is a way that you know, we can gather people's interest and then point them towards the truth. And, you know, of course, when the play ends, the, really the most important part in my mind is that 
then you get up to speak and are able to share the truth with people once we've captured their attention. So we gather their attention, we point them at the truth, and then you get to share with them more deeply about it. Yeah, just try to communicate what's the Bible say um, about this in practical ways. I don't know exactly how you know the drama will go this year. Of course, we we have a general idea. You're you're kind of the mastermind of all this, um, but I do remember very specifically last year uh, that and uh, so we'll do this three times each night. We'll come yeah. back to that in a minute. And each time I you know I had a chance to be in there each time. Each time we came to that place where the the baby Jesus was introduced, the the whole you know, auditorium, you'd hear children and parents, and it's almost like a, you know, an yeah. expectation that the baby is here. And there really was a sense that this whole evening together had been brought to this point, and now we see the point. The baby mm-hmm. is here. It really is a powerful, I've just felt it each time, a really powerful statement yeah. why, why we're doing this. Yeah, thank you. That's, that is the, the goal, is that we, you have a moment where everyone's attention is in the place you want it to yeah. be on Christ, yeah. on what he has said. Yeah, and it's very real. I mean, if you haven't been here before, you're going to f- sense that, that all of a sudden the light is there and, and the baby Jesus, the Messiah, mm. has been born. And, and you can just feel, you know, the the whole sense of everybody coming together like, wow, you know, this is the point. Yeah. It's kind of a busy world and it's really easy to get lost in the confusion and the noise, but the nativity is such a powerful image and so many people are familiar with it that I think it does a really good job of cutting through the noise mm-hmm. and then reminding people very intentionally and quickly, oh, this, mm-hmm. it's the Savior, the Lamb of God, born to take the penalty for our sins. And so I think the nativity scene, that's why we get a lot of good reaction that you can actually palpably feel in, in the room mm-hmm. is because it, it cuts through the noise so quick. Yeah. yeah, those quiet moments around the manger are so different than yeah. the yeah. hustle and bustle that we feel at other moments of the Christmas season. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Tell us the the details, time, directions, mm-hmm. where to go, how do people park? You know, a lot yeah. of people will be on there. Maybe two, three thousand people between the course of these two nights. That's right. We get a lot of people onto campus, and unfortunately, uh, if we could expand and have more parking, that would be awesome. But we've got a limited space on campus. So we have intentionally placed out a couple parking areas. We've got our traditional parking spaces that are in the lots by the FLC. We can facilitate a lot of people there. We've also opened up our upper soccer field campus, so not on the soccer field. If you're on the soccer field, you've gone too far. (laughs) But we've got a grassy area that we've opened up so that we can facilitate, hopefully, everybody who wants to be there at a certain time. Because it's, and when people come on campus, we'll have security yes. and parking attendance. You don't have yep. to think about that. We'll direct you to the right spots, but we do have parking once you get here. Absolutely. We've got a great team working with us. Uh, our security personnel and parking staff, they're going to do a great job helping you find the spots so that you can get on, enjoy the festivities. But it's going to be December 2nd and 3rd, so Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. And it's going to be from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So we've got three hours. That's plenty of time for you to enjoy everything that we have here on campus. Those two nights are specifically set aside so that we can have the most fun, most activities packed into the night, give you the best experience possible. 
So, and you can come anytime in that, mm-hmm. you know, 6 p.m. to 9. We'll start closing things down at 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there actually are three showings of the drama. What's mm-hmm. the timing on those and how's all that work? Yeah, so you can come rolling through at whatever time. If you need to leave early, we're not going to hold you down for anything. Come and, uh, and enjoy as much time as you'd like. But the productions, we've got three of those per night. One at 6.30, one at 7.30, and one at 8.30. So we place them at the half-hour markers, gives us enough time to prep, gets everybody who's visiting enough time to enjoy some stuff outside. We do two announcements, too. So don't worry about missing a showing. We've got plenty of posters around campus. But also, we'll give you a 15-minute warning and then a 5-minute warning, just giving you enough time to mosey your way on up into the auditorium, get seated, get settled, and ready for the production. We've been talking about this all along. Maybe it's been a theme of this conversation, but um, what, what is it about the manger scene? Um, why the hope? We've talked about, you know, there's almost like a gasp that comes, you know, across <laughs> the audience, you know, when we see Jesus. So, so what is it? Why, why, why the hope is connected? I think that with the manger scene, one thing that Kelly mentioned, and I think she's done a very good job incorporating into this year's script is showing us that the characters of Bible stories didn't understand fully the stories that they were in. Mm -hmm. And that can be hopeful for us because we don't understand everything that's going on in our lives. Why does the Lord have us here? Why does he have us in this place at this time? We understand even from the manger scene with Mary and Joseph, the shepherds that show up, we understand that those characters didn't know everything that was going on. Yet we get to look back at that story now and it was the pivot point for all of human history. We understand that this is when God fulfilled his promise in bringing us one that he mentioned back in Genesis 3.15 who was going to crush the head of the serpent. And so it gives us hope as players in this big play that we're all in. We're in this story that God has created. We understand that he's got a plan for us, he will keep his promises, and he's going to give good gifts to his children. So the manger scene for me is just a, it's a signal of hope, a signal of fulfilled promises, and that's just, it's so comforting, especially at the Christmas season. Anything to add to that, Kelly? I, exactly. I'd, I'd echo what Jared has said. And it's, the manger scene is the beginning of you know, Christ's life on earth, the right. beginning of the, the gospel, mm-hmm. the, that promise being fulfilled. And so I think seeing that is seeing God keeps his promises, and God God does have a plan, and God does know what's going on. Uh, and even in the, the a baby in a, a stable and such humble beginnings. Well, I love all of that. Thank you guys for uh, the work you've already put into this. Thank you for serving in this way. We're looking forward to a, a great, great um, couple of nights here. Anything else to add to this? Yeah, I think that if you haven't been to Festival of Lights, this is the year to show up. Absolutely. Bring your family, bring your friends. This is open to everybody. It's put on by the church body. It wouldn't be possible without them. But they're just your neighbors. They live beside. They're in the community. They're here, ready to serve. We've been prepping for a a long time for this. We can't wait to have you on campus as our special guest. No costs, no tickets, just show up. None whatsoever. We've got some raffles. We'll we'll be giving away stuff. Yeah. So quite the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. Thank you, guys. We're looking forward to a great weekend together. Chris, as you sign off, maybe you could just uh, tell us some of the other things coming up here at Harvest in December. We really got another number of opportunities for 
our listeners to hear the story of the gospel. And we want to invite you to be a part of Christmas at Harvest with us. Well, we'd like to invite you first to our HBBC Christmas program on December 10th at 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. We'll be taken back to the first Christmas in this program called What Child Is This? at 8.45 and 10.45 a.m. on December 10th. Our Ladies' Christmas Fellowship will be on December 12th at 6 p.m. Dinner is $12 per person, RSVP by December 8th. Our church Christmas celebration is on December 17th at 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Special music and a Christmas message on this Sunday morning, December 17th at 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Also, our Christmas worship service on Christmas Eve at 10.45 a.m. Lots of singing together that morning to celebrate the Savior's birth. Go to our website to find out more at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.